This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of But Why? The podcast is all about digging into big questions and tricky topics by honest conversations. This week we're going to be looking at style and I'm talking to Zena Shah. I'm so happy to have bagged an hour of her time. I mean, your bio is quite insane, Zena. It's You are based in East London, you're an art director and stylist, you trained at the as a printed textile designer at Chelsea School of Art. You've got a passion for colour, print and pattern. You're a print designer, a maker, an illustrator, a creative workshop tutor and an author. Not just, I was going to say once over because of marbling, but actually I've done a bit of digging. You've, you've got three books, is that right? Under your belt? It's quite impressive. That is right. <laughs> I mean, well I done. Just... <laughs> Thank you. I always struggle to know how to describe myself because it is just very multi-hyphened. It really is. You are like the definition of that. But also, I mean, it shouldn't be the most important thing, but your wedding was in vogue, wasn't it? I know! <laughs> I mean... I, know. I honestly can't believe it. I mean, I can believe it, and it's this doesn't translate that well in audio, but it was the most extraordinarily beautiful thing I've ever seen. Oh, thank you so much. And honestly, it was such a joy to actually do it. I was a pandemic bride, as you know. Um, wouldn't recommend. <laughs> multiple cancellations, uh, lots of delays, missing guests, um, multi- many, many dramas, but we finally did it. And it was just, it was so magical and so filled with joy and love that I, just, I can't even compare it to any other experience. It was really special. And for the listener, how many different dresses did you wear during <laughs> that? <laughs> the- oh, uh, <laughs> I was incredibly extra. And because it was a Anglo-Indian fusion wedding, I had, uh, it was multiple days. So I had three dresses. Um, and, you know, to, to go even wilder than we did already, we had a second wedding this year on the same date <laughs> because we weren't able to do our legal ceremony last year on the original date because they were they had a staff shortage um and so we had to postpone that bit I mean we, it was such a drama we would have lost the venue and lost loads of money and so we decided to sort of split the two up and then um there isn't really a good time to do your legal ceremony we were just like should we just pick a random date we're going to have many, many different um, anniversary dates. So Zach had the genius idea of doing the, uh, it would have been the first paper anniversary and signing our sort of paper part on the paper anniversary. So it was really nice. So you actually weren't married. You weren't married until a year down the line. Not, Not legally. So we were married in the Hindu church, but not legally. Uh, I know. <laughs> Everyone was very confused, and I was like, "You clearly weren't following along the COVID drama." <laughs> the details so of meant, this <laughs> meant I got to have another dress, so it was very, very extra. And where are those beautiful dresses now? What, what are they on? Can you display them anywhere? Or are they? I wish. So, unfortunately, I live in the tiniest flat in East London, uh, which I mean is such a beautiful space, but we have 
Indian wear is so heavy and ginormous, actually weighs an absolute ton. I think my dress weighs 15 kilos, um, my Indian lenga that I wore on sort of the main Indian wedding day. Um, so I've put it in storage <laughs> for now. <laughs> and one day I will hang it up um, when we have a big house. Uh, one day, she's dreaming. Um, well, I'll hang it up for all to see and we'll admire it. That's a significant amount of weight. Oh my God. And also to wear it, it's so heavy on the day. So I had to, that was another reason I had to have another dress. <laughs> How long did you manage to wear it for? So I wore it for the majority of the day. I changed around 4.35 um, and then I slipped into a very beautiful sort of silk, traditional Western white wedding dress. Uh, and I'd worked with a really lovely designer to design it and it had a ostrich feather skirt and a very simple structured bodice underneath and then a... Um, a very fun tulle cape with sort of little tiny hearts all over. So every sort of element was really carefully considered and uh, and very me, I would say. Well, this is interesting because I was trying to think about how I'd summarise like your <laughs> style, which I'll ask you in a minute. But you, you managed to do something where you do fun and colourful and... Yeah, all those things, but you still manage to make it chic, which I I think is an unbelievable skill because often when we talk about that kind of look, it it can yeah, it becomes OTT but but loses that chicness, I think. You're so kind. But yeah, I totally I totally get what you're saying. And often when you think about colour and wearing colour and sort of having colour in your home, you, you sort of think about, oh, the children's room or, you know, the playroom or, or something like that, rather than actually an adult way to, to see colour and, and style colour. And I think it is, it's really, I don't know how I quite put things together, but it's a real sort of skill that I've honed probably through every aspect of my career. So I was a stylist, I was a, you know, I was a textile designer, I spent hours and hours in the dye lab at art school, mixing up tiny, tiny pigment colours. So there were sort of little powders, like you're making a recipe, um, or baking and sort of adding like half a teaspoon of, uh, you know, baking powder. It was that precise with colour and sort of mixing up your dyes and your screen printing inks. So I think I really, it's sort of really embedded into me how to use colour and sort of what works together. And I think it is sort of about choosing your palette carefully. And especially with our sort of our second wedding, the theme was rainbow and it was sort of, the theme was joy. And I think joy is always really well expressed with rainbow colours. Um, but rainbow done wrong is absolutely hideous. <laughs> so the palette had to be really, really bang on. And I think it's just getting the right tone and the right shade of things and putting together things in a really sort of sophisticated way. That's exactly it. Do you feel at this point that is quite instinctive? I say this having I'm a midway through painting a home and, and I'm the opposite. I've gone for extreme earthy tones, very muted. And what I've learned in that process is my instincts are quite good. And then when I try and push myself to something different or I, I think so, it, yeah, it's muted earthy tones. And then I love pink. But so I've tried to inject that and actually it doesn't really work. So I think I've got a lot of green undertones in what I've chosen and then the, the pink doesn't. And, and I think so often, I don't know, it's about, yeah, trusting your instincts. Do you think feel like you instinctively know now? I, yeah, absolutely. And I think I've always known really instinctively. It's definitely, it comes with practice and age and sort of finding your confidence and also really knowing like your style and what suits your body shape. I think that's really important as well. But also it's, um there's so many more colourful things available to buy. Uh, and even, you know, you can find so many incredible pieces in charity shops on eBay now, um, just by searching by colour. So I think there's so much more choice available now, which makes things a bit easier. Um, mm. But I always say pink is a neutral. And I think you probably just haven't found the right shade for your home. I Yes, I hope that is the, I hope that is the case. <laughs> or, or maybe, you know, I'm talking the these are the walls and I wonder whether I stick with the, I mean, you don't need to solve my interior design decoration problems, <laughs> but I stick with the neutrals on the wall, the, the, the traditional neutrals on the walls and then start injecting the pink um, through other things. 
free your accessories and your furnishings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's a good idea. Um, so when did you kind of first have a concept of your style? Do you remember experimenting with that when, when you were younger? I do. It's so funny. So I've been thinking about this a lot actually lately because it is it's so particular and it's it really has evolved over time. So I think at school I was always one of those girls who people were, were asking me, I guess an influencer at the time, were like, oh, where's your top from? And I um I got a job at uh Gap very early on, like when I was 16. It was my first job and I was very keen to kind of make my own money and have my own money to buy my own clothes um and my mum is such a keen shopper as well so she's she's very fashionable and very stylish so we'd always and I've got two sisters so we'd all we're all very similar we've all got a real eye but we've all got very individual styles um and I'd say it's probably working in fashion from a young age. And then I moved on to working in whistles and sort of having a sort of taste of both types of brands as well. Um, so I very quickly learned some sort of, I'd say, style rules, because a lot of the time at Whistles, I was working on a bit of a commission. Uh, and I was, <laughs> so, you know, if you can make somebody feel fabulous um, by styling them in a particular way, you know, it helps me out. I get a little cheeky bonus. Uh, so that really, I think that was the beginning of sort of understanding styling and style and body shapes. And do you remember Trini and Susanna's show? Yes. That came out around a similar time. And so it was very, there was sort of the apple and the pear. And um, it was a moment where women were sort of trying to understand how to dress to make them feel good mm -hmm. as well and not sort of get super stressed out or feel like they're just, you know, wearing a sack. <laughs> um, so it was definitely then. Give me an idea of the kind of things you, you might have been doing <laughs> sneakily when you were at Whistles. What, what, how might you be styling those ladies? Well, the thing is, at that time, Whistles was a slightly different type of brand. It was a very sort of older, middle-aged, chic lady brand. And it was a very sort of cardigan, um, embroidered, embellished knitwear brand. And then sort of the hemlines were very... Well, a bit long for a 16-year-old. <laughs> um, so what I was doing is I was sort of kind of making them a bit cooler, sort of bringing a bit of the Topshop vibe at the time, which was very cool then. It was sort of the, the Kate Moss moment. You know, they did some amazing collab. Um, it was when Topshop was in its heyday. Oh oh lot. <laughs> rest in peace uh, <laughs> um so it had been like taking one of the jumpers wearing it oversized but wearing it with a belt and then sort of knee-high vintage boots I remember having a I I didn't have a lot of money so I shopped a lot of vintage and my mum was a real she's a real charity shopper and so we'd always go in and always find something beautiful. And I sort of, that's really where my hoarding tendencies have stemmed from, which is terrible. But I just find so much joy in, in objects and things and sort of bringing things together in a collection and sort of curating things. Mm. Um, I often refer to as a curator, which is a really interesting term, because actually I think that is how I, I see outfits and style. It's not just the one piece it's like how it pairs together with everything else that's going on um what else would I have done at the time I feel like yeah cutting denim was a big was a bold move at the time. <laughs> just hacking off hemlines oh, I'm laughing because it is such a lottery isn't it and like sometimes it works brilliantly and sometimes you're like oh I've just ruined those absolutely and such a disaster and I remember just hunting for the perfect pair of Levi's uh, to cut off into those like perfect little denim shorts and it was very much that time where you'd wear tights with everything and like little pattern tights under things um, and like an oversized blazer I mean it's not dissimilar to sort of what's going on now mm. with style and trends do you can you look back at times when you feel like you didn't get it right I don't you really use that like that language because I think it's all part of your journey isn't it but yeah is there times you think oh that that wasn't me or I was trying to do something that didn't work for me absolutely and I think all through those teenage years and then into art school because art school was a really it was a really experimental time for me it was sort of the first time that I'd you know 
left the home environment. I was off on my own. I was sort of trying to find out who I was, you know, quite strict Asian family. Um, you know, you've got to, you've got to wear this, you've got to do this. And then having that freedom, it was just such a fun time of experimentation. And I even, I went to, um, I remember going to one of those Vidal Sassoon hair, training salons and they used to do five pound haircuts and oh my god I went in with like really long classic black hair and then I came out with sort of like a, a asymmetric bob thing undercut and then I had like a bright pink dye patch and it was so crazy and awful I mean amazing at the time but the minute it grew out it was horrendous and it took me a full-on year to grow that bit of bleach out <laughs> really disastrous I'm like trying to burn all of those all of the evidence of that haircut <laughs> I remember was it near was it round Oxford Street that it was yeah, yeah I remember I remember it was very like all of the fashion students went there to get their head and it was it was very of the moment um very so I was very sort of trend led then yeah that was going to be my next question because I think when we talk about fashion we can well, this comes to, I have an ongoing argument with my husband who doesn't care about fashion at all. And we actually, like a joke, but we used to, it used to cause a lot of arguments because I couldn't comprehend why he wouldn't care about what he's wearing and he couldn't mm -hmm. comprehend why I cared so much. And he's just like, a t-shirt is a t-shirt is a t-shirt. And I would, I kind of learned to unpack it that for me, it, it showed lack of effort or lack of consideration and he just he still probably can't understand that but it's an interesting idea isn't it the the notion of fashion and what that comes to mean absolutely and I think it's not just about the clothing or that sort of um frivolous idea of buying new things mm. it's really about identity and it's about you know how you're presenting yourself to the rest of the world or whoever you're you know you're going to be seeing that day and it's it's funny because it's very different with men and women I think and I think for women maybe we overthink how we are being seen in a way mm. and take take it too far I don't know and we sort of overthink how we're being seen by other people but men don't don't have that same care sometimes and maybe that's your husband <laughs> yeah um, you're right and also maybe but then you're like oh maybe you're missing out I mean because a t-shirt isn't just a t-shirt but to be honest yeah with guys if you have a nice t-shirt a nice set of trousers and a nice shoe you're, you're kind of there whereas we've we've got there's so much flex in in the way we present ourselves isn't there so much flex and we sort of we can choose who we want to be and where we want you know where we're going that day and it's really easy to sort of adapt and and become a, a different person almost by the clothes you wear and I think with men there's just not a lot of choice and it's it is changing and fashion is getting a bit braver for guys but I think they don't have that same sort of creativity within the um what's available on the on the high street or you know online wherever um and what I'm seeing a lot now is men wearing women's clothes which I think is amazing and fabulous and just, you know, being able to find like a pink suit and, and you know, just wearing that, which is fab. Mm. It's interesting about that um, notion of how you present yourself because I sometimes, when I see the extreme ends of fashion, actually like in East London or I used to live in Peckham and around there, and, I, and it, it's like where the line between... Some of it borderlines fancy dress. I sound really, really old then. But I always <laughs> ask, wonder, do you dress like that when you go and see your granny? Or That's are you, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, are you, is that who you are? Is that who you are on that day? Is that who, how you want to present it with yourself? And it, it's interesting, isn't it? Do you consciously like dial up and down on an identity or do you now feel like, you exist in quite a similar style in, in all guises, parts of your life. 
I think now I, I'm, it's very similar across the board, but if it's fashion week, I 100% dial it up. It's an excuse to sort of, to wear your most flamboyant fit and, you know, really go for it to be seen or, you know, to be, to be snapped. And it's really fun as well to sort of be part of that movement and that moment. So I really enjoy doing that, but I think I, as you get older and definitely for me, as I found my confidence and give less shits about what people mm. think and what my grandma thinks and you know etc I have just I've adapted I've just kept the same style going throughout through and through and almost have got even more eccentric have you consciously yeah yeah consciously I just want to have fun and I think that's what it is about for me life's so short you really have to dress for joy and there's so much power in what you dress what with with what you dress and um and it's not just sort of the impact on you it's it's others as well so you know it's wearing something bright green for example and somebody saying oh my god I love your coat it gives them a pop of joy as well so it's it's that sort of community idea as well it brings you together with a bit of a conversation spark as well it's so true isn't it I've never really thought about that that there's some kind of energy exchange when you wear a great outfit and it's so funny you can wear outfits that feel good but you have some where sometimes yeah it just it just you just feel great and it just feels like the, the perfect thing for the perfect day and it is true that if yeah other people kind of vibe off that that's good isn't it yeah absolutely and I think it's so nice because it's so hard now to sort of I don't know talk to people <laughs> you know everyone just sits sort of very silently on the tube next to each other and we don't we don't talk to each other and it's a very different society and I think you know if we can connect over something as simple as clothing or I like your socks or I love your tie you know it's actually a really lovely thing. So that um, I love your socks. I really try. If I if I see a member of the public and I love what they're wearing, I try and pluck up the courage to tell them. And I know you sound like an absolute nutter, but it's so nice, isn't it? So nice. And I have to say, like, I think more people should do that. You should definitely stop the person, you know, you, you think looks fabulous on the street. I mean, this morning, actually, I was going to get some milk across the road and a girl walked past me and she was like, I love your Instagram. And then, and then just like sort of squealed. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so kind. Um, but it really has made my day. Like, how lovely. Because actually, you know, it is a tiny little corner of the world and you don't really know um, who's watching. And it's lovely to meet people in real life but for that to kind of create a connection is so lovely yeah it's really special isn't it and I and I'm sure I know from following you again my, my style is not as colorful as yours but it it does it does seep into your um subconscious and you do begin to perhaps be a little bit braver and and break those rules about as you say you can wear the rainbowy stuff on a random Tuesday to see your granny if 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 you fancy it yeah absolutely and again I think it is just like finding your confidence I'm starting small and, and building it up gradually and I think that's the power that Instagram has it's sort of that influencing again it's see it three times and it might stick the sort of way that you might sell a product do you when you're getting dressed in the morning do you where where do you start in your mind do you have a feeling do you have a, an a item that you start with or is there no hard and fast rules there's no rules but um I don't know today I'm wearing these like really bright yellow jeans that I'm just obsessed with I've got them in uh lilac recently and I've worn them to death and then I immediately like hunted for the the yellow ones and managed to find them in the sale um <laughs> it's like when you find something that fits you really well I tend to always buy multiples because <laughs> I know I'm gonna wear them loads um so this morning I was just really excited to wear something um a bit joyful because it's so gray out outside mm. so that guided me loved the yellow jeans also comfy and easy to throw on with a just a nice knit um but other days it might be inspired by a particular event an occasion or you know who I might be going to see but it's really instinctive I sort of pull things out and I think what I do is I know my wardrobe really well 
So I know every single, I mean, almost every single thing is getting a bit out of control now. Uh, <laughs> so I, I know what's in my wardrobe and I'll sort of be reminded uh, about something. And so I think yesterday I was going to an event with Kath Kidston and I was suddenly thinking about this um, Laura Ashley dress that a brand called Batsheva collaborated with last year. And it was, um, it's a fabulous sort of yellow floral with multiple tiered skirt. Um, and I was like, I must get that out. So, and you know, wear that at the weekend. So something will trigger something and remind me. So I'll pull it out and put it to the front of the rail. Um, but yeah, I think it's really instinctive. It's a, it's a funny one. And do you kind of rotate your clothes? Do you have, do you, have some on the go and some in storage or do you are they all out they're all out but I have had to put some in storage so I what I do is I rotate the coats (laughs) so the coats because they just I have so many coats this is my one problem so Zach keeps saying my husband Zach he's like we've got to do one in one out now we live in a tiny flat (laughs) I can't bear to part with anything I'm terrible but because everything has its own particular purpose and it's sort of it will and there's sort of there's a very leopard print long shrimps coat that will go with everything and it's such a good piece to have in the wardrobe so I'm like I can't possibly part with that and then I've got something a bit wilder like a bright green version um with sort of furry cuffs that is much more statement and doesn't go with everything so I mean (laughs) find it very difficult to get rid of things um because everything has a purpose uh so I do keep those things in storage and also I think living in a, a tiny one bedroom flat it's just it's just the way you have to be so we've got all of our Christmas stuff in storage for example with it and some furniture bits that don't quite fit that we don't want to get rid of because one day we will move um so yes splitting it that way and also keeping things in underbed boxes seasonally really helps so all of the summer dresses have gone away apart from the ones that I think could transition throughout the year yeah, I always feel I hate that. I'm, I'm a real summer person. I hate the summer dress pack away. But then when you when you get them back out, it, you know, in April, May, it's, it's like being reunited with friends, isn't it? It is. But I do think like you can wear them all year round. It's just about like getting the right base layers. I'm a big fan of the Uniqlo heat tech and, and sort of have a, a colour for every day of the week. So actually, I think with my style, I tend to sort of find a uniform in a way. So it would be I've got sort of various different uniforms. And I think that a lot in sort of fashion houses, they have very similar ways of thinking about style. Um, so it might be like, I'm always going to wear a jean, like a really simple top and then a fabulous knit. And that is like the formula for the week. Mm. And then maybe like a a really great shoe or it's always like a dress, a skirt and boots. And so you've got your sort of like easy to wear, but then you rotate things around. So I think with me, it's definitely I get into a phase where I I think I'm in my jeans and knitwear phase (laughs) and I'll just rotate. But like a lot of the time I'm sort of in my like dresses um, and fabulous jackets phase. I love that. Has there ever been anyone that's come along and or anyone or anything or that has made you do a little bit of a wiggle on your style or made you think differently? I'm trying to think of what my example is. I haven't really got one. Uh, I think so I take a lot of inspiration from so people often ask me like where do I find my inspiration from my style and it's definitely like catwalk styling because I find that so interesting and so fabulous and it's just you know it's designed to be looked at and to sort of you know it is so creative and I think that's what's so fun about it and then also like just street style and especially where we live in Hackney I think the other day I think somebody yesterday actually was wearing these um really lovely they're sort of probably like little girls socks with um they're like just little white socks with like a frilly lacy ribbon on top we all used to have a pair didn't we and I was like they're so cool and she'd styled them in a really fun way with um big dms and then she had this really really pretty delicate silk floral dress on um and then a big biker jacket and I was like that is a really great look so you know like I think taking inspiration from all of those people does sometimes remind me of I don't know, something or something that I have in my wardrobe or a look that I might want to recreate. 
And that's interesting because you're you're talking about being inspired by the catwalk, but I think what we've all learned is that we, you know, we're not in a time of fast fashion. There's kind of not a place for that anymore. So it's 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 spotting the trends and reworking what you already have or your own style to nudge towards that, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also like leaving trends behind. And actually, <laughs> you know, we don't, you know, we don't have to follow these silly trends. And like, you know, there might be something that really speaks to you. And you're like, oh, my God, I really desperately need a pair of cowboy boots. Um, and actually, I've got a pair of cowboy, they're very in right now. Um, <laughs> um, and I've got a pair of cowboy boots from, you know, maybe like 10 years ago from Marks and Spencers that I've worn for the last 10 years. They're in amazing condition. I've had them rehealed so many times um and it all comes back around and i think it's just having those staples in your wardrobe and it's like a great coat great pair of boots great dress you know good pair of jeans and things that fit you but also make you feel really good but are comfy <laughs> yeah that's an important thing not to forget isn't it that that you've got oh. this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at sax.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't think like there are some outfits where you have to kind of hold yourself properly and you know you probably wouldn't go wearing a 15 kilo outfit every day of the week but more often than not <laughs> the days you feel best are where you where comfort is still there and that doesn't necessarily mean joggers and a hoodie but it, you, yeah it's feeling comfortable isn't it. Yeah, it is and I think it's really important to feel comfortable in what you're wearing because actually you project that. Uh, to everybody else around you and you probably don't realize when something is making you really uncomfortable and it can just make you put you in a bad mood all day and I think it's with sizing in particular if you're wearing something that's too tight it's just not going to be nice miserable. <laughs> so I offer no miserable don't do it to yourself just size up and actually I'm a real fan of sort of getting a, a bigger knit and a bigger um you know a slightly less fitted dress and then belting it or you know doing something else that way and making it sort of much easier to wear and much less stressful <laughs> yeah and, and more options really that's the thing I was trying on um a leather jacket of mine because I because I moved recently I've been rooting through things and, and it's, which is fun but there's some you know I guess it was in the 2000s where much slimmer fits were fashionable and I was yeah. like I, don't, I really not actually am in a comfortable place with my body where I know I haven't changed shape that much it's just acknowledging that that tight fit was what we were after man I couldn't hardly move my arms I don't know it's funny isn't it what we went around <laughs> doing it is so funny and style really does change. I think it's really important to like make sure you're regularly sort of looking through your wardrobe, making sure that everything really serves you in there and it's only going to help you get dressed in the morning. I think if you have those moments where you're like, oh, no, I don't want to wear, but you've actually got a wardrobe full of stuff, it's because they're not working for you or you just don't know how to outfit them. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. What Do you have those days when you when you feel like you can't find anything you want to wear or and how do you work around that absolutely like all the time and um I've got so many clothes and sometimes I'll just have a bit of mind blank and be like oh god and to be honest it's mostly the weather that will throw me I'm just like what on earth is the weather doing at the moment it's oh it's awful it's just it's really warm bit chilly in the morning <laughs> quite windy yesterday just who knows what to wear um so I think for me it's about layering and just having you know my 
my uniform basics for those days I'm like do you know what this outfit will always work and always look really cool so whether it's that pair of colorful jeans a really beautiful knit and then um or you know or a, a lovely t-shirt because you can get some really fabulous you know just t-shirts um and you know great pair of shoes I think that can be a really winning formula for sort of an any weather situation <laughs> Yeah, I think you're, you're, I haven't really thought about that uniform thing, but you do know the bit the, where you default to. And I think what I'm taking from our conversation, I'm a real like blazer and t-shirt and and trouser girl. But like to, to then, if I know that's my default uniform, to invest in those places because yeah. it, it, and actually, even if we're gonna if we're gonna be a hoodie person, get the the best hoodie that you can afford so that you know that feels great. Absolutely. And actually, you know, hoodies, I love a good, you know, jogger suit. (laughs) So, you know, you can get some amazing colourful ones and actually really sophisticated ones that will feel like you can wear them out as well and just style them in a really fun way. There's um, a few incredible brands. There's a really amazing sustainable brand. Um, I mean, yeah, and lots of independent brands do really good quality sweatpants and sweatshirts. What a great era when that that is the thing. (laughs) Right. And also, you know, you can wear it with Crocs and look really cool. <laughs> and be unbelievably comfortable. Unbelievably comfortable. And also I'm just here, you know, life is too short to be uncomfortable. It's all about dressing for joy and making sure you feel the best version of you. And the thing is, we've got so many options now. I was thinking this the other day. I'm very late on the game on Vinted. I've, been, I've done the Depop thing, Vinted. And actually now Facebook Marketplace, more for interiors. But um, yeah. it's it's just it's just all there, isn't it? There's so many options. So many options. And actually, a friend of mine, she, um, she had a pair of boots that she's absolutely loved for years. And the heel has worn through and actually it's non- it's not fixable anymore and she found a pair on vintage it's the exact same boot so how brilliant it's amazing and there's so much on there and it's such a fun place to find things that are really you know really you and not everyone's going to be wearing from zara <laughs> exactly that someone once said to me like obviously there's a place for zara but will it still obviously. be in, will will it still be in your wardrobe in in three seasons time and you know, praise be to Topshop and the happy days of pilgrimages to there. I I do have Topshop stuff from a yeah. decade ago that is still in my wardrobe, but yeah, there, I do as well. But there isn't much Zara that does stick that out. It's a shame, isn't it? Because actually, I think it's the first thing that I will cull from my wardrobe. And I think doing that declutter process and sort of thinking about what bits you are getting rid of, it's never going to be anything you've invested in. It's not going to be the fabulous, um, I invested recently in a fabulous suede coat from Rixo that was just, it's so beautifully constructed. I went a size bigger and I'm so glad I did because again, it's quite small fitted, but I'm going to like wear that forever. Mm. Uh, And then the Zara stuff, it's straight out straight out the door and I re- I do I've really stopped buying fast fashion in the last couple of years and I am often sucked back in by maybe somebody on Instagram wearing it um because it's very hard uh <laughs> it's very hard to sort of break those learnings mm. over the last many years so I did buy something recently and I was like the minute it arrived it was awful the quality was so bad the fit the construction and I sew my own clothes as well um so actually that I can really recognize like poor stitching and poor fabric choices and when things are are just done to sort of cut corners and and make things more cheaply so it was really sad and I immediately sent it back and I was like this is a reminder to mm. not do it <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. And it, and often they're the purchases where you're like, oh, I just want to create a look. And this is it, quite literally the quick fix for it because A, I can't afford the big one or B, I can't quite be bothered to dig around. And then, it, yeah, it's such a short, you feel so short change really in the long run, don't you? Absolutely. And I went to wear, um, I bought a pink suit from Zara, I think two years ago, and I pulled it out of the wardrobe the other day to wear it again. And it was just so badly made. And it sort of, and it, I just, it didn't fit well. And it was just, it looked so different to how it did when I'd first got it. It was a shame mm. it sort of got 
age that I was like, oh my God, I cannot wear this. It just looks so bad. And even, you know, the buttons are just so cheap. And it was, yeah, such a shame. Yeah, it, but it, as you say, even with all the knowledge that you have and the wardrobe that you have, it's 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 definitely a hard habit to break, isn't it? It really is. But I just, yeah, it's going to be interesting to sort of see where fashion goes and like what the high street is going to look like in 10 years time. Um, people are getting smarter. We're all buying more consciously. I'm definitely you know, really carefully thinking about everything I buy and bring into my wardrobe, mostly because of space. <laughs> um, and also, you know, money, cost of living crisis, you know, we want things that are going to last and, you know, and be sustainable and not sort of destroy our planet even more than it is already. Yeah, it's kind of the um, perfect storm of, of yeah consciousness about the planet and quite literally lack of affordability. And if, if you can't yeah. afford to buy anything, New, it sounds contradictory to them buy something expensive, but it it needs to be great. And as we're saying, you know, once upon a time when you shop vintage, you had to be able to go, yeah, to specific vintage shops. But it's all it's all so available now, isn't it? so available and it's so amazing and you can sort of as long as you know your measurements really well I think that's the key to buying online but actually somebody told me recently that uh, in the shop I guess um, sales are doing so much better than online they've seen a real decrease in online sales and and people are going into stores more which is really interesting I mean, it's not a surprise, is it? Because you can't do it online. Like you have, again, it goes back to interiors, but so often, I'm, actually recently I needed to buy some toothbrush holders. I went to the big H&M home, uh, which on um, Regent Street. And I'm yeah, so glad I did because the journey took me whatever time. But as soon as yeah. I was in there, I was like, oh, I can make these decisions so much quicker <laughs> by touching, yeah. feeling, looking then scrolling 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 receiving it not being right sending it back and it's actually a real reminder to make the effort to go to a shop even if it seems like a is not as convenient in the long run it saves you so much time so much time and also it's really that whole experience as well and some people hate shopping in real shops and I totally get it but actually if you go on a quiet day and it is a, is a you know it is a, a day out you know what I mean? It can be a really, really nice experience. You can go with a friend, you can get lunch and you can actually sort of see what else is going on in the shops because the way they sort of, they visual merchandise everything is really inspiring and will help you put fit outfits together as well. Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in London or did you grow, grow up outside of London? I grew up in Kingston, southwest London. So it was very, there's an amazing shopping centre there. So it is like the place to shop. But when you're saying about dressing dressed up, I grew up um, in Buckinghamshire outside London. So as a teenager, like the day we would come up to London, like I'm sure you did the same, really pick your outfit, the pilgrimage yeah. to Oxford Circus. Then we it was in the days of like Camden Market as well. But it was a whole yeah. event, wasn't it? And you'd come back absolutely exhausted with your bags. But it's kind of putting a day aside to make all those choices. And it, it was a real treat. It was a real treat and it's really fun. And it's again, like an opportunity to connect with your friends, isn't it, in reality rather than on screen. So I can see why it's all doing so much better than online, to be honest. I can't remember the last time I went shopping with my friends. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to suggest it. <laughs> but we're all so time poor, aren't we? And I guess that's, you know, that's why online shopping is so brilliant. But you do have to know your sizing really, really well. And also it's hard to know how different brands fit because there is no consistency, <laughs> no. which is really frustrating. And hence why there is so much wastage and so much post back and forth. And and important when people are having whatever feelings about their body, do, do you know categorically there is no logic? It really, really, really isn't a comment on you. Absolutely not. It's really not. And it's just, yeah, I think it's having a measuring tape close to hand. <laughs> and just if you feel not your best self, don't go shopping that day. <laughs> no, there are some days you're like, absolutely everything looks awful. No. 
that's it <laughs> but no I do think you should um and a good friend of mine she always says shop your own wardrobe first before you think you might need to go and buy something new it's always worth having a rummage into your wardrobe and seeing what you've already got yeah or in your case if you've got sisters and a mum with a great wardrobe too Yes, that's it. I'm actually, so I've got a Halloween party tomorrow night and I've borrowed a dress from my sister, which is amazing and so perfect. And it's just really, it's just very handy. And even friends, you know, dive into their wardrobes. Yeah, I think we forget that. And again, that's something I miss from my 20s of like house shares with my female friends, having access to each other's wardrobes. But a friend of mine has just been to Ibiza and she put out a message to all of us saying tell me your most your most perfect outfits and of course none of us are you know we're all envious of her we're not going to Ibiza so please borrow please borrow yeah. the outfits and I think that's a, again these habits we forget I know so lovely and I guess that's why the because there's so many rental sites now as well so you can actually rent something rather than buying it new which is just brilliant and I tend to do that a lot for events that I'm going to where you know I might want to wear something really extra and that's a great opportunity to do it without sort of really breaking the bank balance and um, and it's a great way to sort of try something and find your confidence that way and they do have physical shop spaces so you can even go in and try things on as well to work out your size so it's a real sort of revolution in the fashion marketplace you know being able to rent from other peers wardrobes brilliant isn't it mad that 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 now it's here you're like why why didn't this exist absolutely because we, we were also obsessed with having the newest latest thing new 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 all the time oh what are you wearing tonight and you know I had friends I remember actually we all used to go you know on that top shop pilgrimage on a Friday being like what are you gonna wear tonight and then buy a new little top from Miss Selfridge and um oh it was just ridiculous yeah we have moved on from that and I always wonder whether that's age or whether um that has changed I hope it I hope that's the case I think it has but I think I mean it does it's still around I think Places like Boohoo mm. and Shine really help those, which is a, a shame. But, you know, we're all learning and sustainability is a journey. And I think, you know, sustainability and fashion means so much. It's so different to so many different people. And it really is about like what you can afford um, yeah. and what your circumstances are more than anything. But yeah. there are just so many great things in charity shops. And I think the choice now is so great. Yeah, you've definitely inspired me to go and have a uh, have a rummage around the charity shop this afternoon. Oh my God, there's some amazing things, especially in Hackney and in West London. And I think my top tip is always go to sort of those really affluent areas, uh, and and actually those that are on the outskirts of London. Everything's more expensive in London, obviously, and furniture wise as well. The minute you go down to Cornwall, there is so much great furniture, um, and outside of London as well, so so good. I can I can vouch for that. I've moved to the Kent coast and I went to the British Heart Foundation in Margate and I got five ta- side tables for £40. No, that's amazing. And they might not be, we, they might not be long-term investments, but they're kind of all kind of cute and quirky wooden ones. And we all, we, we've moved into this house and haven't got any side tables. So yeah, 40 quid. So perfect. Yeah. Amazing. And- you know like you can upcycle them you could paint them you could do all sorts of things to them make them really cool and fit in forever really and also it's like that thing of oh what is available is what is in front of you you know rather than yeah there is so much choice now I'd spent ages trying to find perfect side tables and actually these ones that I hadn't particularly imagined are the ones that are there and they're they're a good price it's kind of go for it as you say and then make them into something that works yeah absolutely and I think it's just so nice to be able to buy something secondhand and make it I mean it's going to be better quality than what you buy now to be honest and that's a great thing yeah it's so true I was gonna I've got a couple more questions one I was listening to a podcast with Gemma Kearney who I'm I'm going to interview later on and she said she believed so she's got a very colorful style as well she said she believed that it had changed her fortunes do you think that your style has changed your fortunes? I absolutely do. That's such a that's such a good thing to say, isn't it? I absolutely do because I think it's um it's such a positive. I'm I am such a positive person, and I think I've just found 
a way to translate my personality into <laughs> what I do for a job. But also I very much am my dress, like what I wear. <laughs> so I think, and and I think if it, you know, if you exude positivity and, you know, manifest good things, it definitely, it definitely works. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I thought it was a really amazing bit of language as well, because we kind of know it implicitly, but how you show up in the world over and over again, of course, leads to the things that happen to you. Absolutely. I think, you know, nice people enjoy working with nice people and actually positive people. <laughs> and if you're a joy to be around and to work with, of course, it's going to change your your fortunes. You're an interesting one, though. Would you consider yourself an extrovert or, or would you consider yourself an extrovert? So I would have said that I was an extrovert, but actually, I don't know. I need to delve into what what it actually means because it's ever evolving term, isn't it? Maybe mm. I'm a, an introverted extrovert, but I love people. I love going out. I love a party, but I also love home and I'm a real homebody. So I'm almost one of those people that will go out and then like get energy from lots from being around lots of other people. But I'm also a very sort of full of energy person. So I can always like lift people up. I sort of feel like that's one of my <laughs> one of my powers. Uh, but it does, I can feel incredibly drained if I do it too much. So then I need my sort of homebody days to sort of fill myself back up. I love that. I love that Except- <laughs> I love that you know that you fill people up. What an amazing um that's an amazing it's so skill. funny. I, I've, I've really just realized it and noticed it over the last few years. And I think it's also like the feedback that people say things to me. They'll say like, you just have such amazing energy. And I was like, oh, I've never really thought about it like that. And I think I always want to make people feel their best selves. And I don't know, maybe that is just through encouraging them to find their creative confidence or you know giving them a little bit of a a compliment or a boost and my husband's very similar and we both have this very same trait where we're very much like we want to make people feel good about themselves and you know that is that sort of lifting energy but you're I mean you're either that way or you're not aren't you yeah yeah you can't fake it and also if and if 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 that didn't come naturally to you that would be an exhausting way to live it's kind of doing that without it being to the detriment of yourself if you know what I mean absolutely and I think it's very easy to get burnt out as this kind of a person and I have been burnt out many times and I have to remind myself to not give so much away and Mm. I'm getting better at it but um it's very hard when you really love what you do (laughs) yeah and everything feels like a great invitation Absolutely. But it's just trying to find that balance, uh, which I'm always trying. I'm always on a quest to find balance. <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? What star sign are you? I'm really intrigued by this. Oh, so it's actually it's Scorpio season, which I'm a Scorpio. <sighs> Do you know the rest of your chart? Do you know? Are you into it? I am, but I can't remember now what I am. I'm probably, I would love to be more of a geek about it, but I figure I just, I'm just going to, it's another thing to get obsessed with. So, and I've got enough on my plate. <laughs> you 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 don't present as a very classic Scorpio. That's the thing. No, lots of people say that to me, but I think there is, yeah, I guess there's the sting. <laughs> yeah. I don't really believe that sting. Well, the thing is, you're you're a smart businesswoman. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. So, you, you know, it, it's easy to because you present such a beautiful happy sunny exterior you work very hard and you know look look at your cv that you have worked through the different parts of your career to to end up in the place that you are now yes absolutely and it really it has been such an organic journey and it's funny that every aspect every job I've had has really come together to create this this person that I am now which is amazing and but I think that's also why it's so unusual and so difficult to define because it is very much sort of like just the story of my life <laughs> there's a great um Steve Jobs quote where he talks about do all the bits that that interest you and one day the the dots will join but you don't know when and how they'll join and I think that's so true isn't it so true and that is exactly what it is love that my last question well two questions where can people find you and is there anything you want to shout about 
so you can find me online on Instagram is my main platform. So I am at heartzena, H-E-A-R-T, and then my name, Zena, Z-E-E-N-A. So you can find me there. Drop me a DM. Um, come and join in my Color Me Up Mondays on a Monday, uh, because Mondays are just the worst day of the week, in my opinion. I like to kickstart uh, a new week with a bright color and sort of get you guys in wearing color and kind of encourage you to find your color confidence um so you can join in or you can just get inspired uh with my color me up monday challenge um and what do i want to shout about i have just written a book all about the art of marbling so i'm a textile designer by training and i'm obsessed with surface pattern design and creativity and inspiring you to be more creative so in this book you can work through 20 different projects uh you can have it on your coffee table to bring a bit of color into your home or you can use it to inspire your next creative art project i mean my word you absolutely nailed that well done (laughs) that was was the smoothest answer to the question i've ever heard (laughs) i was prepping myself on uh, what my favorite crisps are because i feel like you are (laughs) i do and then i got two two i do really want to know that tell me what your favorite crisps are I mean, I'm sure this is lots of people's favourite crisps, but it's those truffle ones. And I can't remember the brand, but it's... Um, Torres or whatever they're, in- they're called. Yes, Torres, the Torres oh. truffle ones. They are my favourites. But have you tried the fried egg ones? By Torres or by... Torres, also great. Highly I mean, recommend. Better than the truffle ones? No, not better, but, but-, but worth the tip. <laughs> those truffle ones are so lethal i actually had them at a friend's house last week before a meal and you you, you start off politely and before you know it everyone is literally grabbing Gobbling up. yeah i know they're dangerous but so amazing yeah, they're no, my faves they are really really delicious i'm sorry i forgot that question because it is um <laughs> it's a fantastic a fantastically important bit of information it is a great question says a lot about a person I think it really does have I had anyone who says I didn't really like crisps they haven't but it would be quite a significant deal breaker for the rest of the conversation <laughs> it really would <laughs> there was I had um Catelyn Catelyn never remember how to say Catelyn Moran on and she said that her family have an annual crisp world cup and they all bring different <laughs> to the table and they oh they compete in a ladder I was like oh that is absolutely forget your journalistic career I am so in <laughs> awe of that it's just about the crisp olympics <laughs> yeah, exactly that is I'm in for it okay my last question if you could have an honest conversation with one person who would it be and what would you say Oh, wow. That's such a good um, question. Oh, I am dying to chat to Iris Apfel. She, do you know her? Yeah. Yeah, she's, um, she's just turned, I think, 101. And she is just absolutely incredible. And I think I, I'm so fascinated by her, not only because she's really, she's incredibly stylish. She's so chic. She's very, um, what's the word? She's just so sort of, there's a lot of ephemera that she collects and she sort of wears and she'll sort of have this like random box of beads that she'll just sort of throw all all on together. She's very maximalist and and it really speaks to me. Um, But what I think is so fascinating about her and what I'd want to chat to her about is that how she sort of found her voice later in life being much older and you know how she has this incredible energy to to sort of keep going and what you know what gets her up in the morning and what keeps her going oh I hope that I'd love to see you two together I mean don't you think you're just going to be her in a few years time I would love to be her that's why I'm so fascinated by her because I just love her and she's so inspiring but also it's so rare that you see an older an older woman really owning who she is and actually sort of really staying true to her identity because there's just this it's sort of this sad thing with as you get older you sort of just disappear or you're not I don't know it's a bit of a shame I don't know why that this society doesn't sort of value their their elders as you know, as they should. And I think that's why she's so fabulous. Couldn't agree more. A friend of mine said when I've always like wondered whether to have Botox or not, I haven't had it. And and she was like, oh, no, Clemmy, I want to be French woman chic. I want to be leathery. 
but <laughs> like absolutely so stylish like don't spend your money on botox spend your money on beautiful clothes and, oh, yeah. and yeah and and have that skin that tells the story of the life that you live and I was like this is it a hundred percent yeah sage advice gosh yeah that's it and it does and I think that's what that's exactly what she does you just want to know all the stories don't mm. you that you don't you don't on social media <laughs> yeah and, that, and that's a lovely idea isn't it with style and 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 fashion that you love it there's items that will be in your wardrobe for the next 10 20 30 40 years I just love that of, of pulling it out oh and also I just think there's so many memories there as well and nostalgia and you know I'm always going to pull out this like crazy pink Molly Goddard dress that I have and I'm going to be like remember when I wore this to this and remember when I went to here and oh my god this reminds me of blah blah and I think that's just so amazing so special there's so much more to clothes than you know them just sort of hanging on a on a rack yeah you're so right I feel very inspired I'm going to get dressed up today even though it's a kind of quite great yeah. day <laughs> thank you for a gorgeous conversation I'm going to keep thinking about it actually it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating subject to dig into it really is it's sort of it's so connected to identity as well it's, it's yeah we just <laughs> <sighs> well that was a joyful conversation she's right Zena really does spread a little ray of happiness wherever she goes and she really has inspired me to go and dig into my clothes and stop defaulting to joggers and hoodies or if I do that to try and upgrade them and I love the idea of shopping a wardrobe I actually do do this thing where I put clothes away periodically and before getting rid of them just check that I might not still want them in my life and more often than not a little break from them in my wardrobe and then bringing them back makes me want them want yeah makes me fall back in love with them and I think we can underestimate what putting on a good outfit can do. It really can make you put your shoulders back, value yourself a bit more and, and take up some space that you deserve. So yes, thank you, Zena. I absolutely love that. And thank you for listening. That's another episode of But Why Done. Please come and follow us at But Why Podcast on Instagram. You can get in touch, But Why at Clemmy Telford. Um, I look forward to catching up with you next week. And that's that. I'm now off to change my outfit. Goodbye. <laughs>